and Liam Feeney from Feeney's Garden Centre joins us on the line now. Good morning, Liam. Morning, Catherine. How are you? I'm not too bad, Liam. I'm not too bad. There's uh, questions coming in thick and fast for you and I already this morning. Uh, the first one up today is, what can I do to get rid of caterpillars from my cabbage? It's destroyed over the weekend. I've sprayed it with bug bug spray, but no good. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Well, the first thing, Catherine, I would say to you, I, it might touch on that and it might not, but what did I tell you? We are back into really, really brilliant conditions. I mean, thunderstorms for a solid week, I don't think I ever witnessed it. And when they fall, you won't, wouldn't even know they're on the ground an hour later. The truth of it is, keep an eye on staking your plants. Plants will get greedy for water and they're inclined to flop. So, first of all, before ever I deal with the question, I'll say to you, keep an eye on your plants and don't be afraid to stake and stake plenty. There's great colour in the garden. It's in the roses, it's in every single herbaceous plant and it's in all shrubs. I mean, and they're all performing uh, like clockwork. The hypericum, you all see hypericum gone green or gone yellow, I should say, in full colour a month before it's time. Now, in relation to the caterpillars, Catherine, mm. truth of it is, there are, there's big activity in, in the atmosphere. There's big activity in biodiversity. Uh, caterpillars are as a result of the little white butterfly, the caterpillar moth. And what you have to do, no point in telling you anything else, all cabbages should be netted. If you have caterpillars on your cabbage, you can... Definitely make an attempt to shake them off. And if you have to use any of the, the bug clears, so be it. There's bug clears of every description. There's chemical bug clear and there's the organic method, which is probably the most preferable. Salt and water is absolutely brilliant. If all else fails, salt and water or even raw salt on its own, it will kill the caterpillars. But you're going to have to net your cabbages. It's the only way now. I mean, we don't want to, to absolutely disturb the butterflies. They will lay their eggs in other places. Uh, red currants is a top priority as well because they'll go straight to the red current when they find the cabbage is either wet or destroyed. So you have to net them. It's a light little net that you use, but you need to secure it to the ground because the butterfly will find its way in ultimately. So get if it's a two-meter, if you have a four-foot ridge, say for argument's sake, or a four-foot bed, you need probably a two-meter roll of the netting. It lets the light in, it lets the water in, but it keeps the butterfly out. Okay, this listener bought two apple trees, one gala and one bramley from yourself, Liam. And the bramley one's doing well, but the gala leaves are growing brown, both put in with good feed and peat-free soil as instructed. What can I do to help the gala apple tree? Well, I would say the first thing, that sounds like a deficiency of water. If the ends of the leaves are going a crispy brown right around the edge. Normally, you will find more of them on the top of the gala. They are the right varieties to have together. That's the first thing. They will pollinate and you probably, she can look and she can see her apples uh, 
in situ. I mean, the drought that we have had for the last five weeks, uh, okay, it, it threw up its challenges, but what you have to do now is that plant is probably stressed. It will need watering, even with what's falling. The leaves and the canopy are in plain to throw the water away from the base of the plant. Uh, acceptable in a wet year, but not acceptable in a dry year. So you need to give it a little bit of a helping hand. Switch from all of the all of the granular feeds, let it be chicken pellets or let it be grow more or whatever. Try and use a liquid feed when you're watering. Uh, what it needs is high potash. And you'll find that in tomato feed and you'll find it in a lot of the feeds that are liquid. This listener wants to know why the flowers on their aloe vera plant don't open. They've sent us in photos um, and it's clear to say that they're, the leaves aren't, yeah, they're not open at the moment. Yeah. Well, look, Catherine, when you're speaking of house plants, it's a little... I can give my own opinion, mm. but I'm not absolutely brilliant on house plants. So what I'd say to you with your aloe vera, first of all, uh, all you have to do, aloe vera is a sunshine-loving plant. It loves sun. It is a desert plant. Don't overwater. Uh, keep it in gritty, dry compost. I can't say for definite, to be honest with you, exactly how that's going to perform. Will it open? Will it not? I know what your aloe vera is. is what you're after is the goo that's inside of the leaf when you cut it off. It's good for sunburn and it's good for any burn. But why it's not opening, Catherine, I'm not so sure. Okay, Liam, regarding hanging baskets, I'm not sure if the water is getting into the riots. Can I immerse the basket in a tub of water, this listener wants to know? Oh, absolutely, that's the right thing to do. Uh, I would say, like, once a hanging basket dries out, it takes a long, long time. Immersion is the right thing to do with your hanging basket because uh, the, if you're using any of the compost, once they dry out, they shrink. The water goes down the sides and it doesn't... They, while you think you're watering, you're not actually watering. You're spilling the water away from the roots of the plant. Immersion is a great job for any hanging basket or container. If you're struggling, uh, get it immersed. Uh, even if you have to push it down with your hand, it's no problem leaving it sitting on top of a bucket of water where it'll take the water right up through it. But uh, if you have to push it down with your hand and you'll hear the air bubbles uh, coming out, that's bubbles that's been filled by space of water. So immerse it for definite. This caller was... Might need a light oh, trimming. Might need a light trimming, Catherine. Mm. And it might need a little feeding which you can put in that water mix Okay, this uh, caller wants to know what's the best thing to take to stop insects from eating dahlias Well, dahlias they are prone to slugs there's no question or doubt about it anyone that grows dahlias are well familiar with the issues with it. The bugs are not so much an issue. I mean, if it is a flying bug, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. thing about your dahlia is the earth slugs, that's the little ones without the shells, they all creep out and they will eat the tender leaf. Dahlias are moving towards a stronger leaf. It'll be less of an issue going forward. But what you have to do is slug pellets, and all slug pellets now are organic, are 
the slug pellet that was very dangerous is gone. So the mm. slug pellets that are available, they're only shower proof. So choose your timing wisely. But you have to use them. If it's one night and it comes heavy rain, you have to go out the second night and use them again. It's the only way. The bugs aren't so much of an issue now, Catherine. Okay. Uh, ask Liam, can you cut back a magnolia tree now? Also a weeping willow and a weeping cherry tree has started to grow up the way. Thanks. Well, all of those can be trimmed because all of them are gone out of flowering. So you can prune if you want. Uh, you can use selective pruning if there's a branch coming a little far one side. It's a great time to balance your plant. So get in, get pruning. Again, same thing applies, Catherine. Give give the soil a good feed. Use something like your marathon or one of your seaweed fertilizers. Stay organic because I find it's working here. So what I'd say to you is when you're choosing a feed, farmyard manure in the olden days, it's only now that you really realize it was a brilliant feed for your garden because it fed the soil. This listener wants to know they planted a rose bush and it was in great condition when they bought it, but now the leaves are full of holes and what can they do? If they're full of holes, well, the one thing is, look at your rose. There's no black spot yet. I mean, there has been no blight warnings. Blight warnings will be a fairly strong indicator. Black spot is following close behind. These thunderstorms are brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. They're a gardener's dream. So what you do with the holes, use one of your bug clear preparations. Uh, There's plenty of them on the market, Catherine. There's no point in me going through each and every one Mm. of them. There are organic ones. There are chemical ones. Uh, That will stop the insects. But the only thing you have to worry about with your roses now, they're all in full flower. Uh, Are they getting a good liquid feed? Have you followed the rule book? Have they got a good bit of of, uh, soil feed earlier? But now you're into high potash feeds. So that's all you have to look for, high potash. You're not after nitrogen. All you want is high potash. That's what gives you your flowers. Uh, This listener wants to know, something is eating their lettuce at night and the leaves are all gone. What could it be, Liam? With your lettuce, it could be your earth slugs. I see them here, Uh, your earth slugs. So around the edge, use a little bit of that that, um, slug slug pellets, whatever slug tugs, whatever you're using, uh, because they are the earth slugs. That's what I see at home anyway. So you have to deal with them. They will eat your your tender lettuce leaves. Okay, the heavy rain, this listener says, killed all their hanging baskets. What can they do? Uh, can they put multi-purpose feed in them, for example? Well, I would say the first thing is that question is misdirected. Uh, the heavy rain didn't kill your hanging baskets, even if, it, if they left it flat. The damage to the hanging baskets was before the rain because that rain, as heavy and all as it was, it, it, like, it wasn't what you could call a killer. What is a killer is that basket may have been under stress and it may have been under water stress. So what you have to do is give them a nice trimming back. Yes, feed, but the lady that talked about immersing it in water you might find when you lift off that hanging basket, it's quite dry, very dry. So you have to deal with that. Hi, Liam. 
Hi Liam, I have a rose bush which uh, is being eaten alive every night. What is causing it and what can I do? This listener wants to know. Slugs really don't bother roses, right? In my estimation, slugs are not a problem with roses. So I would use one of those spray-on bug preparations. Again, it'll be vital and it should uh, deter whatever is eating your rose. Now, photographs would be brilliant at the girls in the garden centre. Um, to slip a rose, how far down the stem to cut and then what can I do with the rose? Uh, to what a rose? To slip a rose. Maybe this, I don't know. Is that to split a rose. They say slip a rose. Oh, slip. You're a wee tad early. You're a wee tad early. Now, it will work. What you're looking for is... 50% of green growth, which is this year's growth, and you'll find it quite flexible, and 50% of the last year's growth, which is what the roots will come from. So you end up with a nine-inch section of rose. Cut off the top, it's too soft, and it is your flowering point anyway. And what you do is, again, Catherine, a 50-50 compost a perlite mix and... Put your roses, let let it be five or ten, into the same pot, quite deep down, about three and a half inches down, three and a half inches above the ground as well. So you're looking at seven-inch pieces. Uh, I would be inclined to keep them out of polytunnels. Polytunnels were very, very hot. I'd be inclined to keep them out of polytunnels. I'd put them to a sunny place that has shelter and leave them alone and leave them alone till next March, April. This listener sat a cherry tree last year, Liam, and it's not flowering. They're wondering what the story is there. Well, it's not going to flower now anyway. You're out of season. Now, again, photographs. Uh, like, Catherine, we're kind of hitting these like darts on a dartboard with a bad man throwing the dart. <laughs> so what you have to keep an eye on is uh, if it hasn't flowered, is it in full leaf? If it's in full leaf and it's very lush, you are on the right track. It will flower next year. If it isn't in full leaf, start asking questions. Why has that happened? There are a multitude. That is a question that you need to take photographs, come to the garden centre or whatever garden centre you go to, show them what your problem is and listen to their advice. This listener has strawberries growing in two pots and they're wondering should they bring them indoors to a sunny spot as the slugs seem to be attacking them outdoors? Well, I, I, we have strawberries. We're on probably the second flush of strawberries at this point. Uh, we have them in the polytunnel. They're one plant that did really, really well in the polytunnel this year. Now, if they're outside and they're in a sunny place and... I don't know are they in a container or in the ground, but you will have a sweeter strawberry than you will have inside. It just happens to be that little bit sweeter. So I'm not afraid if slugs or whatever are eating your strawberries, again, your organic slug tox, slug pellets, whatever you're using, uh, you may need, because they're not a plant that slugs absolutely devour. Now, I'm not saying they haven't turned to it this year because it was like looking for what am I going to feed off to stay alive. That was what slugs 
seem to have been doing because if you look at your current bushes, I mean slugs, I never saw as many slugs as I did around current bushes or raspberries for that matter. So it just happens with the dry end that came and went, uh, they are looking for tender shoots and that's why your strawberries are hit. Okay, final question for this morning, Liam. Can you cut back, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, Liam, Clematis now, they've gone very scraggy. Well, I'd say that's a nearly flowering Clematis. You have four different seasons for your Clematis. If it's a nearly flowering Clematis, gone out of flower, it needed to be cut back. Certainly last month, it's acceptable this month, that is your paler type of clematis or your Montana type clematis. So get in, trim where you want to trim. You're still in time, but do it fairly quickly because you're actually at your second uh, batch of clematis at this point that have flowered in early summer and that's gone out of flower. So Trim your clematis. Definitely trim it. Don't absolutely desecrate it. Take it away from windows. Take it away from gutters, whatever you have to do, and give it a good feed. Every single thing we say, Catherine, is going to be governed by the fact that people accept they have to feed the soil.